Hey, welcome to the Team Babe podcast. I'm Jason, and I'm Babe. And I'm Robin, and I'm Babe. Welcome back, Babe. Hey, thanks. What did you do on your summer vacation? (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, I mean, other than working on season four. Yeah. You know, um, I like went on some vacations and I like wrote in my journal. Wow. And I like contemplated my life. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Well, I heard this exciting story about some erotic fiction that was being penned uh, by a certain (laughs) someone. (laughs) And so I've just been on pins and needles waiting for the waiting for the big public release. Oh, that's a not going to be a public release. That is a <laughs> for your eyes only release. And you can read it at any time. In fact, I am awaiting your feedback. Oh, okay. And um, you gotcha. must not be super excited about it because, I mean, days have passed. <laughs> well, <laughs> I didn't even know. I mean, I sort of forgot that you were you were pinning something and then that it, that I already had it. Yeah. Because originally you were like, well, I'll, I'll let you know when you can read it. No, no. I was like, you can read it anytime, and you're like, all right, I'll read it later. <laughs> <laughs> so exciting. Um, yes, that's my first foray into um, erotic surrealism. Yeah. So I, um, I will await your feedback. Yeah. However, it will never see a public release. Right. Right. Yeah. So we won't be doing a like a robin's words or words with bay no. or poetry corner with uh with that anytime Abs- soon absolutely not maybe in another 40 years maybe maybe in another yeah. life yeah <laughs> um i mean i can't really say whether or not i'm going to present it to the public until i get your feedback okay yeah so that is a critical you might say oh it's crap that's a critical step i guess huh yeah get to that yep well that's great yeah uh my summer vacation has been spent you know, building, constructing, building, yeah, building things up, building things up, yeah, making okay. fences, uh, tearing down walls. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been great. It's been it's been nice to get a little a little break. You know, yeah. Think about life. You know, yeah. What is it all about? What I think I figured it out. What is it? I'm not telling. <sighs> I, I think it's one of those things that you have to find for yourself. You know, or else. You're just never going to appreciate the fact that you own this knowledge, right? You mean you're not even going to share it with me? No, I will, but off camera. I don't want, like, oh, you know, okay. I don't want everybody to know the truth just yet. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. It was good to get a little time away and uh, try to, you know, work ahead on some interviews. I know. It's Talk fun. to some people. We got new stuff for this season. Yep. Uh, that we're really excited about. We've been. Uh, We've been hanging out um, virtually. As you do. We've been doing virtual hangouts in this COVID land time um, and talking with some friends. And yeah, it's been really fun. It's been, uh, we've, you know. like It's been. (laughs) Sorry, I can't do drops. Shush. I have to (laughs) sing them. Uh, Yeah. So these interviews are our double dates. So we've instituted this double date format where we get together. With some people, yeah, you know, and and we do a double date and we talk to them about their love story, you know, because y'all, you heard ours, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's only good so many times, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, probably not going <laughs> to, 
not everybody's story is going to be as exciting as ours and have so many twists and turns That's to the point where so true. you know you need like 10 episodes to get yeah. through it or whatever. Some people have a much more normal and sort of relatable, you know, story of events. Yeah. And I respect that. Yeah. You Some know? people call me the space cowboy, you know. I don't. No. <laughs> no you don't. <laughs> Some people call me the gangster of love. Yeah, that's true. You do. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you are my love gangster. No, I mean I think the 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 funny thing, the fun thing about, you know, talking with other people about their relationships and stuff is that it becomes apparent pretty quickly that like everybody's story is has all kinds of twists and turns and stuff like there's an infinite amount of material out there. That's for and sure. And stories and oddities and like weird shit that happens to people and just funny stuff. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so for this episode, um, you know, I think the general guideline is that it happened on the internet. It happened on the internet. Yeah. And which is funny because for us, it did not happen on on the internet because. It was so long ago. Yeah. I mean, for us, and we were not like, you know, um, Luddites or anything. We didn't like, you know, not use computers. Sure. And stuff. You know, you were a teen all over the AOL chat rooms and stuff. (laughs) I was on, uh, you know, pre-internet bulletin board systems. I even uh, hosted one of my own for a while. Wow. Um, You know, but... This was our relationship was uh, for us anyway pre internet. So our relationship is like halt and catch fire, all yeah. right. And Kathy and John's relationship is like um, the dot com smartphone. <laughs> okay, yeah. so like that's like the the span of like the start times. Mm. You know what I mean? Like ours was like use the like landline phone mm-hmm. to call. Yeah. Theirs was happening on, like, internet dating. Yeah, theirs was happening virtually. And there, it's funny because we're pretty much all the same age. But because we just, for whatever reason, got started so young, we're, like, in dinosaur times of dating. Like, we're in the pre-digital dating realm. It's, like, it's prehistoric. Prehistoric, yeah. Yeah, And they're much more in the normal realm of, like, oh, hey, you know, we were, like, adults and we went to college and, you know, like, we We thought deeply about things. Yeah, we had a career. planned some things out. And we met as adults in an adult way. Whereas you're just, like, and I guess me, too, we're just, like... Let's shoot from the hip, man. It's the Wild West. Wasn't even planning on shooting from the hip. That's just what I do. Yeah, man. So I thought it was interesting to get a completely different, you know what I mean, like perspective on like how people meet and how they get together and why why they stay together. And yeah. so, you know, I, I think it's there's something to be said for that. You don't have to have the same beginning, right? Yeah. To have the same ending. That for we're sure. just just kind of staying together and you know, doing the damn thing. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Everybody's doing the damn thing is different for each person, but That's right. Kathy and John's story is a lot different from ours, but in the end it's all the same. And I think that that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, in the end the love you make is equal to the love wait, the lo- I, I forget. <laughs> I'll have to consult that lyric uh oh, on geez. genius.com. The love you make is equal to the love you take or yeah, something like that. Yeah. But it might be 
the reverse of that, so I don't know. Oh, you'd have to ask John, <coughs> right? Um, John and Kathy? Are no, John Lennon and Yoko. Uh, but no, that was uh, that was um, Ringo singing that, right? What? My favorite Beatles sang that song, and I thought it was John all the time? Maybe not. Maybe it's Paul McCartney. <laughs> Okay. Maybe well, it was George Harrison. It sure as hell wasn't George. No. 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 Oh, yeah. Anyway, so I mean, that's a good segue uh, because uh, we wanted to take this time to announce our new podcast that will be coming out that is all about us uh, learning about the Beatles, the rock group from the 1960s and early 70s. No? no? What? <laughs> into that <laughs> yeah anyway uh that's bullshit this is not bullshit uh this was a fun fun time chatting with our friends john and kathy and uh we hope you enjoy it yeah and uh we want to introduce our very first interview of season four yeah enjoy so welcome to season four uh we have john and kathy on the show they are going to be our first interview of the season thanks for being our day thanks and thanks for being here thanks for having us yeah thanks for having us yeah um so we are interested here about your story you know your love story so to speak and um we know that you're married and all of that and so we just want to hear about like how you met and how it all came about You start, John. <laughs> <laughs> it all started on the internet. It did, yeah. Um, yeah, so we're a, we're a product of the, the internet dating age. E- eHarmony, so spe- specifically. Not sponsored. <laughs> Not kidding. sponsored. I'm still waiting for my invite to be on one of their commercials. Yeah, this might be it. <laughs> so how long ago? 2012 yeah 2012 yeah Yeah. so just as it started being okay to tell people that you met on the internet like it was like not saturated where everyone you knew uh was doing online dating there were no apps thank goodness some of them sound like a nightmare um so yeah but it was after but it was after only the weird people were dating on the internet. Yes. I mean, we, we think that because <laughs> we met on the internet. So, Like the day before we met, that's when I got. Right. Yeah. Dating. 2011 yeah. was the end of the weird people. And, and we met in 2012 on the internet. I know. I mean, but you got in under the wire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my brother met his first wife on MySpace. So. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. yeah. It didn't work out, but you know. Yeah, I noticed you said first wife, which was interesting. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's a Mormon and uh, down no, the whole polygamy not. thing. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Leave your me. brother out of this conversation. All right. Well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you met on eHarmony. We did. Yes. And um, it was, so I, I um, 
I kind of feel like I had sort of maybe the opposite uh, approach, sort of, where like I uh, signed up in February, the like, I remember 7 by 7 magazine, which is like San Francisco magazine, had a spread, of course, you know, for Valentine's Day in February of like all of the, these are all the um, online dating sites. And here's like the type of people, like here's the kind of experience you're going to have on each of these sites. I think it was like Match, they had Match, they had eHarmony, they had Plenty of Fish, um, and they had J-Date. And honestly, J-Date sounded like the best one, but I'm not Jewish. So I had to go with my second choice, (laughs) which was eHarmony, which I liked because you had to pay to join. Like I didn't want any you know, just like free rando invitations did not sound like a good plan. So I joined and I told myself, um, okay, you're going to do it for six months. You're just going to see how it is. Like you're going to, I don't, I don't think I told myself a certain number of people that I was going to go out with, but I was like, you're just going to, um, you're going to do it for six months and try it out and see how it goes. And so John was my date number 20. Well, I don't know what number you are. Nice. Well, you had a different approach. I had a different approach for sure. So you hear about that. Well, so I had a computer program that, so the process was like that. It would like ask you a bunch of questions and then you kind of exchange answers and questions. And then, uh, and then eventually kind of, it became a little bit more free form and a lot of like the early ones were pretty, they were always the same steps every time. And so I had computer programs that would just fill them out for whatever. So like whatever questions people asked me, I would just have it to shoot back the answer that I had for that. I always did every time. And, um, and so that way I could kind of automate a bunch of things out of the way of like the, uh, (laughs) (laughs) yes, yes, exactly. Um, yeah, so like it was a very guided communication process. So essentially like on eHarmony, you didn't go on there and look at people's profiles. They would send you like three to five matches every day and you would either say yes or no. And then that was it. So I, I really liked that it wasn't a time sink. So if both people that it paired said yes, then you would start this communication process. And so that's the part that John is saying, okay, for those first two steps of the communication process, I just wrote software to handle that for me because it was the same thing. So it was predictable. I, my answers didn't change. So um, he did that. I also eventually figured that out. And there was a part where you got to like written responses and I had like a whole spreadsheet of my responses that I would just copy and paste um, into it. And yeah, I, I, you were on it for longer, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How long were you on it for? I don't remember. It was like, probably like almost a year. A year. Okay. I did. I don't know. It was five, less than five months for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so curious, like, to how, with all this spreadsheet and, like, auto Uh answers, like, Uh you stood out, like, to the other one. You know what I mean? As, like, someone that, like, made it through the first round or whatever. Yeah, that's a good question. So, my thing was, I would say yes to someone who's 
profile, like when I looked at it, their written description and like their photos that they had, um, if after viewing that, there was actually something that I saw that I wanted to ask them about. Like I went by, are they even interesting? Like, do I want to have a conversation about something that I saw on their profile? So I remember, I don't necessarily remember the specifics of John's profile, even what it said, but what I remember about it was that there was like a variety of interests and like a variety of um, scenarios that he was pictured in. And I, that was important to me. Like I was not interested in somebody that like could only do one thing, like only the backyard barbecuer or like only the camper or actually only they go to fancy parties. Like they need to be able to do all of those things. Oh, how interesting. That's cool. Do you even remember my profile? No. I don't remember my profile. <laughs> honest answer, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, I don't. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember anything up to, until our first date. Mm. Yeah. So. What do you, yeah, what do you remember about our first date? Well, I remember, I remember a lot about our first date. I remember, uh, I remember trying to park because it was on a hill. John was living in Palo Alto and I was living in San Francisco. So he came up to the city. Yeah. And the first day it was at Straw, which was, uh, uh, it, it's closed now, but it was like high end with like high end with like a carnival theme. So yeah, it was pretty quirky. Um, it had like, you could order like a wine slushy, which is kind of normal for that time. There was like like a corn dog that was like kind of super high end corn dog or something like that, like funnel cake. <laughs> and um, the restaurant was all kind of carnival themed as well. And so like the they had um, one of the tables. The seating was a tilt a whirl. So like our first date, we sat in a tilt a whirl and had brunch. Nice. Yeah. So wait, what yeah. is tilt a whirl? Like, like at the fair, where it yeah, goes around in a circle, you know, and it has those like metal seats that you sit on. Where's the what, what's the tilting part? Does it like tilt? Like um, the seat doesn't tilt, but like the actual carnival ride. So your seat is spinning for the whirl, but then as it goes around, there's change in elevation. But you weren't actually moving just while you were eating. No, this was like retired carnival gear that had been put into this restaurant. Because I was like, if you were moving like that while you were eating, I, I would have barked. But yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Benedict. Yeah, it doesn't sense. like, you know, stay put in, under those circumstances. Yeah. No, no. It, it, it was stationary. It had been retired. It lived a good carnival life. And now it was in a San Francisco restaurant. I love it. And I like that you went there for brunch. Why brunch and not dinner? Um, first date, they do not get dinner. That is too big of a time sink. Oh, I gotcha. Mm. That's interesting. You're like, I gotta test this out on brunch and then see if we graduate to dinner. Yeah. San Francisco's a big brunch scene too though. Yeah. Yeah. Is that your is that just a personal preference? Like is it just from dinners, other dates and dinners where it was just you were like, Okay, I gotta 
I, I, that's funny you should ask. I actually think it's like kind of part, you know, obviously this was some time ago, but I think it was part of the dating culture at that time. Like it would be a big ask to invite a first date to dinner, which now that I'm saying it sounds like kind of like awful and shallow, but that was just part of the dating culture. Oh, it's super interesting because I mean, we've been together for uh, I think ever now. And so like, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know anything about the dating world. I know it's so. like it's kind of funny. Like our our like um like paying attention to dating ended in like nineteen ninety seven. So it's just funny because we were just kind of like, oh right, right. There's that like it, it continued on even after we stopped dating. Like you know what I mean? We're just kind of like out of a loop. Yeah. Well, and I feel like it just every five years or so it really evolves into kind of whole all new social norms around it yeah right you gotta wonder what it's like now i I don't it just sounds awful i don't wonder (laughs) i just keep picturing that sometimes it's like trying to meet somebody during covid and you can't even go in the restaurant or whatever so it's like you know just maybe take your brown bag lunch and meet on a street corner or something (laughs) stand far away it's, yeah, it's not very romantic. <laughs> anyway, gotta be a rough time for dating now, for sure. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful to not be doing that right now. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Yeah. <laughs> so John won me over on that date because so it was like a brunch menu. So they had breakfast items, but they also had like lunch items, mm-hmm. and he was really torn. Um, between chocolate chip pancakes and Philly cheesesteak. Yeah. And he just said, you know what? I'm going to order both. And he ordered both. And I just really liked that about him. I was like, yeah, you don't have to pick. You just eat half of each and box it up and great. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I love it. You're both really good. I'm glad I did that. <laughs> <laughs> so did you like being surprised? Was it kind of like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Like, it's a, it was a little bit of a surprise. Like, kind of nice. It was, it was like, um, it was a little bit of a surprise. And I think that there's, I think it displayed uh, maybe... Confidence isn't exactly the right word, but sort of a like this, you know, sort of. I don't, I don't exactly know how to describe it other than confidence. The beat of my own drum. Yeah, like kind of like just like a comfort of like saying, "Hey, this is what I want," and you know, I'm not going to be bothered by what the server thinks or like what this gal that I'm on a first date. Thanks, and you know it was funny too because the table in the Tilted World was not that big. That's right. So we each have our mimosas. I think we each had coffee too. I had a Bloody Mary. John had okay. I must have had a mimosa, and you had a Bloody Mary, and then then we have like three entrees on our table. So I do remember the table being really crowded. Yeah, well, the Bloody Mary was important because I had the Bloody Mary Pinterest board. Yes. Oh, wow. Right, collected Bloody Marys, and then, but then that's how I knew what day it was. So oh. if you could, if you ever wanted to know what day our first date was, I could figure it out by looking at the Bloody Mary board. Oh, that's nice. Oh, wow. Oh, interesting. 
So what was in the Bloody Mary? Was it the kind that had like a hamburger on the side? Uh, I don't kind of or pancakes. And I can look it up. I think it was. I think they were one of the ones that had kind of the some sort of some sort of meat on it, like, like a bacon, a, like or, a bacon or a sausage or something. Yeah. Or, we can. We'll find the photo. Something. We'll send it to you later. Great. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. What else do you remember from first date, John? Um, and, and let me let me just like preface this with I don't remember shit. <laughs> <laughs> so don't worry about it. You know, I mean, I won't be offended anyway. <laughs> I, I feel like I remember the parts that she's described. Like I, I remember the the occasion. Um, I remember we had a really fun conversation afterwards in the park, um, where she had some some theories about. Um, about uh, her family and that she shared with me. You can say it. it's not, uh, I'm, I'm embarrassed because I said this to somebody that I just met. I'm not embarrassed about the topic. <laughs> you don't think it'll care? No. Okay. Well, she had, uh, I remember that she had mentioned that she had this theory that her dad slept naked. <laughs> but the, but, but the, it was unconfirmed. Well, <laughs> I don't remember why we even started talking about this. I don't either. <laughs> But I think I was describing how, like, as a kid, I'd try to go to my parents' room in the morning, but the door would be locked. And I'm like, I think it's because my dad sleeps naked. Uh, and so then we had, like, this five-minute conversation about probably my dad's a naked sleeper, which since since that time I have confirmed it because I brought it up to him, like, hey, by the way, I, like, had a conversation about this with John on our first date. <laughs> Can we get some answers, Dad? Yeah. <laughs> it's confirmed now, yes. I felt like you were exploring the idea. Like, the, the way I kind of remember it was that, like, you, like, this had occurred to you and you were exploring the idea with me. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, now I get it. Now I, have, now I know why the door's locked. <laughs> Pretty sure. Yeah. I've got a good theory here. Yeah. <laughs> I was all that thought I was pretty sure he did too after what he described to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So between the um, parents sleeping naked conversation and the double entree order, it was just a great time. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was, it fun. was fun. Yeah. Well, it was so serious. Yeah. I imagine that some first dates can be really serious because people are nervous or whatever, and you know it can be kind of like stuffed shirt a little bit. But that does sound like fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just make stupid jokes. So, <laughs> well, this is another reason why we're together and why we do a podcast. Sure. I put those stupid jokes to, to some use. <laughs> So then after this first date, did you guys just, you know, was it just kind of like, oh yeah, we're just going to keep dating and it's all just like a, like a given that, it, you know, it's going to go on from there or? I feel like it, it just kind of progressed, but I don't think I, I don't remember a ton of our first dates. After that? Yeah. I do. You do? Uh, yeah, so we went to the place in Palo Alto, the green... The wine? 
Oh. No, that was third date. Third date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, second date was the Greek place. What was that place called? La La. Um, it's Kokari's sister restaurant. Yeah. Anyways, there's a restaurant in Palo Alto that was that's delicious that we went to for our second date. That one was dinner. It's appropriate. If you like the person, you can do the second date for dinner. Evia. Evia, yeah. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know if you were dating other people. I was kind of dating other people, not seriously, but so I think it wasn't like a very intensive like what is happening here you're amazing you know it wasn't that sort of thing it was just always a really enjoyable comfortable interesting like it felt always like very straightforward and yeah I kind of remember it that way yeah so not like like not drama not yeah just kind of no no zero drama And and it was interesting like for me um, you know, I'll say that like that period in my life being single, I had made a really active decision to approach dating differently. And so a good friend of mine a few months earlier had pointed out to me because I was feeling frustrated, like, oh, just these people I'm meeting is gross. And she's, she like, you know, points out the obvious, which is helpful but also like oh god why didn't I notice that um that she's like well you just wait for people to pick you you don't ever pick the person Uh and I was like oh (laughs) (laughs) you're right you're totally right so you know like during this period of dating I um you know, like going out on a first date with somebody, I would always follow up with them the next day. And I would just tell them, hey, I'd like to see you again. You know, how does this sound? Which was like, that was like a big deal for me to do that. Um, Or I would tell them like, hey, thank you for your time. Like, you know, wishing you all the best. It's not the right match for me, which I had never done before either. I had just kind of like either tried to guess or just, you know, waited, hoping that they would pick me. I never really asserted like, hey, this is what I want. And then like leaving the ball in their court. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. That's cool. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Though. It probably made you feel much more in control of like what was happening. Sort of empowering. Yeah. Because you're, you know, you're not like leaving like unknowns hanging out there, you know, or you're being wishy-washy, you know, like making decisions. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, um, I don't know that it like gave me control of the situation. It certainly didn't give me control of the other person because like they still got to pick. Um, but it gave me a moment to say like, yes, this is for me or no, it's not. And I just like made it my habit that that's what I'm doing each time. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So I give that advice to anyone that does online dating or is dating a lot, like just Make take it. a stand. Yeah. 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 Let them know how you feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I kind of like thinking back on, um, you know, like having a crush on someone 
or just kind of lusting after someone and then them being completely like oblivious <laughs> and then you like you know me anyway thinking like oh they'll notice i'm sure i'm sure they're gonna notice how infatuated i am with them or whatever no <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like they can't tell just by looking at you like you have to say something it was really hard though especially in person <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i guess one benefit you know if you've met them online the follow-up can be an email and it's not strange uh, yeah not as intimidating mm-hmm. yeah you don't have to go to see him at school on Monday. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that awkward bus burn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so then, when did you guys know that you were, you know, sort of headed into like more serious like relationship territory? Your birthday, maybe. Is it the camping trip? Yes. <laughs> This camping trip sounds interesting. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah. So John's birthday is in October. We met in July. And so, you know, like by that point, I wasn't seeing anybody else. I don't think so. But yeah, but we like hadn't had like the talk. Um, so I was like, oh, like we should, your birthday's coming up. We should totally go up to wine country and go camping. And like, we can go to a winery. We can go to a spa. Um, and it was a great trip and I learned, uh, that mud baths are not romantic, (laughs) not romantic at all. No. So we stayed, um, in this campground, which the camping was really fun, um, outside of Calistoga and we went to one of the spots, or I don't even remember which one, but it was like they had um, like a couple's room for a, a mud bath and you're each in, and okay, I'd, I'd had mud baths before, but it was in like a regular tub and they just dumped maybe, I don't know, four cups of like mud in with the water. Oh. This was not that. It was like a trough of peat, muck and we we each had our own trough and they were kind of like l-shaped so like our feet were pointing away but our heads were together and we would get into this mud and i mean you could it would you couldn't see through it it was so thick and so we both are sitting in there and they gave you one of those kickboard pool floaty thing so you didn't start going too far down into the mud it was really hot yeah there was like hot spring water pumped into it so you kind of had to keep your feet away from certain areas in the trough otherwise the water was way too hot on your feet so i'm just in my mind thinking oh gosh this i planned this for his birthday this was supposed to be romantic this is not romantic at all (laughs) And so the, the spa attendant comes in to let us know, like, okay, you know, your time in the mud bath is over. You can rinse off now. There's a shower over here, and there's a, a hose with a sprayer here, um, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes to take you to the relaxation room. And I thought, oh, that's a little weird that she just told us there's a hose with a sprayer. What? Like, hmm, okay. So we both get out. We're both covered in the weird peaty mud 
we both shuffle over to the shower. We're trying to shower off. There are places that that mud was not showering off of. And it quickly became clear what the hose and the sprayer were for. And why was a couple's massage or a couple's mud? Yeah. There was no way you were going to be able to spray that mud off of yourself. Um, And so we finally looked at each other at one point and I was just like, you're going to have to spray the back for me because I just can't get the mud out of my butt. And so that was like our romantic weekend was John spraying my backside, getting this mud out of me. Were you so embarrassed in the moment? Or did you, were you over it? It sounds funny. It does sound funny. It's really funny now. I think in the moment, I wasn't like embarrassed physically. I was kind of embarrassed because I knew that John wasn't a spa person. And I was like, no, you know what, for your birthday, you know, and I'm like, oh, it's for his birthday. And I made him do this thing that he's not even super interested in to begin with. And now we're like using a garden sprayer to get mud out of each other's crevices. This has gone wrong somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. And so were you, how were you feeling about all that, John? Were you like, I thought this was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Yeah, that sounds like a very memorable experience. Yeah. Sure. That's awesome. That's kind of a make it or break it, though, a little bit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that could have gone sideways. Yeah, two people it's really have person. to, like, have a good sense of humor and, like, a certain amount of confidence about themselves. And, yeah. whatever, you know, just, I don't know, a vibe to be able to pull that off without. Yeah, or a certain amount of practicality, even. You know, just, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's where I was of, like, okay, well, this is, not what I sold him on, but I really need his help to get this mud off of me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's great. <laughs> that is kind of a true test, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. You know, a little, a little bit along the lines of our camping trip and being flooded in the tent and whatnot, mm. you know? It's just kind of like, yeah. Yeah. What do you, what, how are you going to react? <laughs> mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah and I think after that we like had after that weekend or maybe even during that weekend we kind of like had the talk or it was like okay we're in I guess that's what's happening now yeah (laughs) we've gone through this together you know this is our this is our Vietnam here (laughs) yeah walked across the hot coals this is it yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) I love it that's so good so then how long before you, like, did you, how did it go? Did you, like, exchange keys? Did you move in together? Did you, you know, like, I'm always curious about how people get from, all right, we're in this relationship, you know what I mean, to, um, all right, we're really, this is serious now. I don't think we ever exchanged keys. No. I mean, you were living by your, you were living by yourself, but I had a roommate. Oh, okay. So... Yeah, no, we never exchanged keys. Um, yeah, but you moved in. So my roommate, my it was a girlfriend who was my roommate. She ended up moving um, to Southern California in, I want to say, May. That sounds about right. That sounds right. Yeah, so when she told me she was moving, I was kind of like, well, 
I could get another roommate. But then I felt like, okay, well, that's going to be a year. Like, I wouldn't ask somebody to move in and be like, boom, by the way, there's this guy I kind of like, and I might ask you to leave at any time. Because I, I had a rent controlled apartment in the city, and I did not want to give up my apartment. So, um, yeah, so when um, my friend said she was moving for work, I was like, well, I, got, I guess I could bring it up to John. And so I brought it up to him, and I remember him saying, great, I've been waiting for you to ask me. <laughs> which was funny because I had kind of gone through all this like internal turmoil. Like this felt like a really big deal to me. Like I was like, I was like 90% sure, but just like a little bit kind of like, I kind of liked that he had his own place and he was really close to his work. And it was sort of nice that we could go and spend time in Palo Alto or we could spend time at my place in the city. And so I, I wasn't like, it, it, it was spurred by the practical issue of my roommate moving out rather than a, I really want John to move in with me and take it to the next step. No, I just thought, I thought that when, when your roommate was moving out, I was like, oh, this seems like, this seems like the chance. Like if, if this is your, happen, your chance, the chance. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And I figured if it was going to happen, then that I thought that just made sense, or like if it or like if it wasn't gonna happen, then it's gonna just gonna be longer or whatever. But I, like when your roommate was moving out, I had like the internal thought of like, okay, well, if she asked you, would you want to move in? I was like, oh yeah, sure, whatever. And then when you asked, and then I was like, I never knew what I was gonna say. Hmm. And so, how long was this after the first date? uh seven-ish months yeah yeah okay yeah so obviously that was a, that was the right choice <laughs> get rid of the roommate and that's john to move in with you well she didn't get rid of the roommate well, it I, just worked know, out that a roommate in general yeah 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 that part was easy the hardest part was integrating our cats oh god oh there was cat drama there is cat drama. It continues. None of them have died yet, so the cat drama continues. That was so funny. <laughs> Did they hate each other or what? Well, John, so, uh, oh God. It's so, like the Cat Brady Bunch. Yeah, so I have two cats. Um, and so I got a cat in my early 20s. My roommate at the time had had a cat. So when I moved to California, that cat, you know, my cat came with me and then she was lonely. So I was like, oh God, well, I guess I have to get a second cat. So I got a second cat and th those two were like best buddies. It was all fine. Um, John's cat has always been an only cat and uh, Warner, he thinks he's a person. He never identified as a cat. Oh. He'd, you know, really been living the bachelor life with John, watching basketball, like, on his chair and a half, <laughs> giant TV. That's right. So it was really, also, like, you know, he'd just been free feeding, and, you know, it was a real, like, um, I don't know, bachelor cat utopia in John's apartment. And so coming into my place where there's two other cats, where there's 
regimented feeding times and feeding amounts was a real big bummer for him, I think. Yeah. And so what's it, what's the gripe now? Is he st is this cat still upset about the feeding times? Still clinging on to that bachelor <laughs> lifestyle from a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, I I don't I mean it was it's been a long time now. I think he just doesn't I mean he really is like thinks it's funny cuz he's not aggressive. He's almost like a dog and like he's a very friendly. Well, Robin, you've met him, the big gray fluffy one. Um yeah, he just he just wants all the attention. Like an only child. He's like an only child, exactly. I can relate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Almost. Pretty much. Yeah, definitely yeah. an only child. <laughs> um, yeah, so how was it living together? Did you have, like, some people are like, you know, when they, know somebody outside of living together they're like oh yeah they're great and then they live together they're like i had no idea like all these weird things that they do or whatever did you guys have that or was it easy? i didn't know no i mean i i mean it's kind of like how our relationship started where there were like a few things to work out mostly in my own head um but not like you know not anything dramatic or big surprises. I mean, I think, um, you had the toilet paper where it was facing one way and then <laughs> I started, I had to start doing it the other way. Yeah. I mean, there's a few things I'm like a little bit like, mm, that's, that's not the way, you know, like cupboards need to be shut. Uh, the shower curtain needs to be pulled back across. I mean, that was actually the thing that really bugged me. It was like, you got to put the shower curtain back across the shower. Otherwise, it's going to mildew when it's all crumpled up with that moisture. Um, and I eventually had to have a little talk with myself because I'm like, Kathy, you are getting so mad about this every day. And like, this is the thing. Like, this is the only thing that is wrong with this person. What? Like, why? Why are you getting so mad? Like that's the, um, uh, there's like that phrase of like, what's the price of admission? And I finally just had to be like, this is the price of admission with John. You have to pull the shower curtain across. Is that, is that worth it? Yes, it is. Then get over it. Yeah. That, that would have been a really sad story if you just let him go based on the shower curtain not being pulled across the shower. That I mean, I've, I've heard weirder things, Robin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I know. It's like, I think there's a lot of that bathroom kind of stuff because it's like, that's not a place where you can just go and be and no one's supposed to bother you like be in your staff or whatever. Mm -hmm. And Jason like, okay, well, what is really bothering you about what I'm doing? And like, every single thing that he said had to do with the bathroom. Like, it had to do with, like, things I would leave out on the counter, or I leave my hairbrush, like, in his drawer, or, like, you know, I don't know, just all this stuff. You left your, you know, your wet towel, or you left your curlers out, 10,000 cords plugged in, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I can think of a few things now. Uh, yeah? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I won't get into them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, um, but it was funny. Every single thing had to do with the bathroom. So I was like, all right, so everything's fine except for the bathroom. All right, well, we don't even know worry about that. <laughs> that's your price of admission, Robin. Yeah, yeah exactly. So mm -hmm. that's been a long, ongoing because, yeah, 
I, I really spent a lot of time in my bathroom as a kid. It was like my own private bathroom, being an only child. Wow. And, and that was like, I had my stereo in there. I mean, like, I really get into it. You know, this was like my shut the door. No one else exists. See ya. <laughs> so that didn't really carry over into once we started living together. But <laughs> I don't think I've ever had my own bathroom. I, yeah, see, I was just one of those weirdo kids. Spoiled. She's spoiled. spoiled. Well run. Wow. Yeah. Have my own room. <laughs> yeah. But no air conditioning, but you know. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> um, so like um from this point, like did you have a moment where you both were like, Oh yeah, this is it, like we're like had the um it's fate, the worst soulmates, we're gonna be together forever moment, or was it just already happening? I'm not really a big soulmates fate. I just don't subscribe to that philosophy. Yeah. Um so I I don't yeah, I think it was more of a like, how are we in relationship together? You know, do the things that we see in our future overlap? You know, what are the things that are really important to us? Um, you know, like, what does it look like to integrate our lives? And so that was more of like the checkpoints to me, rather than a, you are the one, um, this is destiny's soulmate kind of thing and and perhaps that was just because we were older that I I yeah I mean I think certainly had had we met 10 or 15 years before that I could see myself kind of going down that train of thought but you know at that point I was almost 30 so yeah yeah, and so do you think... Well, what about for you? Did you feel we were soulmates, John? Yeah, I don't know how to answer that. I think um, I think it was definitely a situation where I was like, I know that I can do this for a very long time, if not forever. So I, I kind of was always... I, I felt like I knew we would make something work pretty early and I was just waiting for you to come around to that. Yeah. yeah, maybe one critical part that I've left out is, um, you know, John moved into my apartment with me saying, by the way, I'm probably never gonna have kids. By the way, I probably don't wanna get married. It'd be great if you wanted to move into my apartment, but just so you know, those other things are probably not gonna happen. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And were you okay with that, John? Were you like, that's fine? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think, like, I think I always kind of looked at our relationship as something that I was, like, pretty interested in whatever, whatever it went. Like, I, I thought there was a lot of different ways it could go and was kind of, like, open to doing one thing or the other. So I guess I could always say that I was kind of knew ahead of time, but all I was was sort of just, like, op open to the option when it arrived. So... Yeah. 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 So John's, John's very good at waiting out. Yeah. 
But yeah, he's got the patience for you to process all the things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, then I, I guess we have to know, like, how, how did you go from that, from thinking I'm probably not going to get married or have kids, to being married and have, having a kid? I don't remember the mar- getting married part. I don't remember that. Do you remember what changed for me? I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember, but I do remember at one point, which I can't believe I said this to you, but at one point, maybe a year after we moved in, seems about right. I think I said to you, okay, you can ask me to marry you now. (laughs) (laughs) I just like randomly announced this. I've decided. So you're doing a lot of work, like processing, kind of behind the scenes, too. Yeah. Yeah. About all this stuff. I mean, you probably are too, but not ad nauseum, like all the time. You know, like you're thinking about it. Exactly. Yeah. Do you remember that conversation? Yeah. As well. As the all right, finally, or like the (laughs) like not like finally, but like just the. just the, oh, I was kind of, I was curious if this was ever going to happen. I kind of thought it would, but okay, cool. Let's do it. And so was there any reason, like going into that, was there some reason you didn't want to get married? I mean, what was your, what was your reasoning with that? Um, I, I mean, I had been married before and it just, um, I think when that relationship ended, I was kind of in this place of like, okay, well, I got the thing, I got the thing and it didn't quite work out how I had planned. And so maybe I need to, maybe I need to think about what a fulfilling life would look like differently. Like I don't want to, yeah. So I think it was now, now that I kind of have the, like have lived some life after having that perspective of like, no, I don't want to get married. I think it was, I didn't quite know how to say, I don't want to think of marriage as an accomplishment or a thing that I have to do. Um, and I didn't know how to hold it in my mind in that kind of nuanced way. So I just had to say no. Just like, no, that's not part of my plan. And I, th- yeah, so I think I, I finally got to a place where I could say, well, yeah, if I met the right person and we had this kind of shared vision and, you know, we did want to go on a life adventure today or together, then I would be interested in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to kind of be open to it again in a different scenario. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. Um, so then when she said that she was ready for you to ask her, were you like, did you have it all ready to go? And we're like, okay, great. I've, got, I've had the ring for f- five months or whatever. Or were you like? <laughs> no. Um, I had to talk to your dad. Because hmm. I, I, I felt old school and I had to get his permission. Yeah. And we had a good talk. <laughs> my dad was wearing clothes during this talk just to be like clear it wasn't too early in the morning or anything the door was 
That was good. No, it was, it was, it was, um, uh, Kathy's father is a very, um, a very big advocate for her. And the things that he was sort of telling me were like things that I already knew about her or like things that she wanted, like things about like how she kind of, uh, sees herself and sees her future and things like that. And was sort of saying to me, okay, well, just in case you didn't hear this already, which I doubt you haven't, <laughs> by the way, this is kind of how, what to expect. And yeah, you can have my blessing, but by the way, you should know that this is kind of how it is. It sounds, um, like, it sounds like he was looking out for you. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah. Yeah, but it was, and, and everything he said was, stuff that we had already discussed or I had already knew. And so, I mean, it wasn't like surprising, but I also thought it was like, okay, well, he kind of knows what, to the extent that he could as your dad, he knew what, what to kind of advocate for, I guess, or to sort of warn me about or whatever it was that he was doing. What my dad said to him was, you know, Kathy does things with conviction. Which John, I, I don't know, that's all, for, for me, that sounds like, like a warning, just like, just, just so you know. <laughs> oh, it's great. <laughs> no, I know that like, once you've decided something, I don't even have to think about the other option anymore. <laughs> I'm like, it's freeing. <laughs> yeah. So like whenever we like, we do something where we're like, we're like trying to figure out what we're getting to go to eat for dinner or something like that. And you say like, I want this for dinner or I don't want this for dinner. I'm like, I'm not even going to try to convince you. I'm just going to go with the other option. <laughs> this sounds familiar. I'm not going to talk you off of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's probably a good balance. Though. I mean, we do quite a bit of that, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm always like trying not to be too, have too much conviction, let's say, or be too bossy, you know, because that's easy for me to do. And so I'm always like going, well, what do you think? Well, what do you want to do? Well, yeah, and then you're like, please stop asking me all these questions. Will you please just tell me what to do? <laughs> I'm like, sure, I can tell you what to do all day long. <laughs> but yeah, um, but I think that uh, it seems to me anyway that most successful relationships have some element of that. You know, it's like the balance. It's like if both people were just like super, you know, everything had to be their decision every time, you know, you just have all this conflict. Yeah. So. Well, John, like what you're saying, I think is like, okay, there were these two options. This one is just, it's gone. It's, it's no longer there. So why worry about it? You know, it's mm -hmm. like, okay, like we're, yeah. this is great, you know, like, or whatever, you know? So yeah, I, I identify <laughs> with that too, for sure. It's like, but I also knew it was never coming later. It was never going to be a, oh, well, we thought we were going to do this, and then it kind of rears its head again three months later or something like that. You're like, no, it's gone. I don't even have to even kind of consider that it might come back. <laughs> There's a finality to the decision. Yeah. Yeah. I, like it. Uh, yeah, I can relate to that too. <laughs> so then, well, as far as like children and all of that, did you guys have conflict there, or was that just something that kind of just worked itself out too? 
Um, you know, I think we had had the conversation around children um, even before you moved in. I mean, yeah. we had that pretty early in dating. We might have even had that before the mud bath incident. <laughs> we had it pretty early. Yeah. yeah. Um, just because, you know, like, you know, when you're in your 30s, like that's an important conversation to be aligned around. Um, so that was actually like the only time in our dating or relationship where I thought that we might not continue seeing yeah, each other. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I feel like you want to get that out just because if you feel like you have constraints around it, that other people can, then it's not going to work for somebody else that so you don't want to kind of go too far down the path where you're, you know, the things are good, but then you know that they ultimately aren't going to work out. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So I think, um, you know, I had a really intense job at that time, both time wise, um, and I was very emotionally invested in it. So I think during that time period, I just couldn't even see a path to having a child. Um, as well as I think, you know, for many women of our generation, there's this really complicated identity shift, um, both within yourself and from, you know, family and society at large, um, that, that is sort of thrust upon you, um, when you have a child. And I just like, just didn't want any of that like I couldn't really see like how is this possibly worth it I mean there's like all the work of having a kid you have to figure out how to balance your work life and like you know I I certainly wanted to keep working I mean, John loves what he does and you know that takes a lot of his time too so it just felt sort of off the table in a way and I didn't care about it enough to change the other things so that it could happen. Like, again, thinking about like what I really wanted in life, that wasn't a have to have for, for me. Um, so I ended up uh, shifting what I was doing for work and through that found both more time and more balance and like less, um, like less feeling so emotionally drained at the end of the day and at the end of the week that I was like, okay, well, huh. Okay. I guess this is how other people feel when they, you know, when they say, oh yeah, of course I can work and still have a child. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. However, I did still, I did still feel very, uh, wanting to get the timing of it right. So, you know, at that point I was 33, 32. I was getting close to the geriatric pregnancy age. Um, and so, you know, I, there's like all these factors that I think, um, I'll say, I'm not going to say people because I think it was mostly in my own head, but there was like a lot of factors of like, okay, my age. Okay. How much savings do we have? Okay. Childcare is going to cost this much. Um, what were my other points? I had like a whole list. We had a spreadsheet. Yeah. So I came to John and I was like, okay. Cause I, I mean, I knew, 
John comes from an amazing family and has a ton of cousins. His sister is amazing. Um, she had had a child, our niece, um, who we adore. And it was like this, okay, well, maybe this is a possibility, but I need all the blocks to like be in the right place. And they're all like feel complicated. I'm not quite sure what to do with them. So I came to John and I'm like, you do math for a living. So I need you to create some kind of formula that's going to tell us when we should have a child. And he did it because he's incredibly patient. I don't know why you agreed to do this. He was color-coded and everything. He was color-coded. I'm trying to remember the things we had on it. There was like my age, your age, uh, amount in savings. There were, there were, we probably still have it. That's great. There were like all these factors. And so I was like, okay, I need you to tell me what year and what month we're supposed to get pregnant. And so I think like through that, I at least came to the conclusion of like, there's no right time. Like it's that there's no right time. And also you actually don't have that much control over it. I thought you were going to say, we looked at the spreadsheet and ran the algorithm, and then it said, this day, <laughs> this year, whatever. <laughs> I was going to be like, whoa, you guys should like, make that into an app or something. <laughs> no. no. Makes sense, though. There really isn't the right, perfect time, I don't think. You know, yeah, as much as we like there to be. Yeah. <laughs> Too many uncontrollable factors, I think. Wow, that's funny. I love that you made a spreadsheet, though. <laughs> You'll have to give that to Edward someday. Be like, here is the spreadsheet that helped bring you into existence. <laughs> One of many. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. I love it. So, um, yeah, so let's see. You guys have been together eight years now, is that right? Mm hmm. That's a good long time. So what do you think is like your secret sauce or your secret algorithm, <laughs> your mathematical formula that keeps you together? I mean, like something that you could um, say that you know after this time that you've had or whatever. John deserves all the credit for our relationship success. Really? Really nice. I don't think that's true. But... I think that's true. <laughs> Um, I don't think that's true. I think that there are, I feel like I have a lot of good instincts about things that need to happen in order to kind of keep the family and everything kind of in harmony. But I think that like, I don't always have the ability to kind of, the first time it comes out of my mouth, it doesn't come out as like a really crisp clear idea of what needs to happen. And sometimes I kind of like just throw that out into the universe. And then you look at me strange. And then you let me say it like three more times. And then you said, do you mean this? And then, then that's the plan. And then we're like, okay, that's what, yeah, that works. So let's do that. Uh, yeah. Um, I think, I think the things that I've learned from you that have made this 
an eight-year relationship and no end in sight, um, have been like a team perspective. Like, you know, I never feel like anybody's compromising. Like, I feel like, I, you know, like as a young person, like there was always this idea or like the advice I was given is, is like, oh, we'll just compromise. Like there's going to be some things that you have to give up and, you know, you give a little and they give a little. And it's like, well, actually when you do that, everybody's given up something and nobody's happy in that situation. That doesn't always go very well. Um, and I think that John, you know, brought a new perspective that I really hadn't thought of before, which is more thinking of it as a team and like, okay, well actually how can everybody um, get what it is that they're after? You know, it might not be precisely the thing, but like let's work together to find a way um, where, I mean, I think you use the word harmony, um, which is probably a good descriptor. yeah, so I think that has been really critical. I think the other thing just about you in particular is is you default to yes. Like you're, you know, when I'm bringing up something or um, like asking for something or, you know, have an idea, um, like your your default is like, yeah, let's let's work out a plan. Like let's find a way to make that happen. Yeah. That's funny that you say that because I think like in our conversation with um, Jamie and Jesse um, and Jamie's feedback about, you know, listening to the podcast and knowing us and stuff. And she's like, I just think that Jason wants me to be happy. And she's like, and I think that Jesse just wants me to be happy. And so whatever crazy thing I say, like, let's tear up the yard and, <laughs> you know, have, have, a food have a food forest or whatever, you know, whatever it is, he just says, yeah, okay. I can make that happen. Sure, sure. And and we have a lot of that too. And so it's interesting that you have kind of the same dynamic. So I think that there is, I think at the end of the day, that is kind of what it's all about. It's like you do want the other person to be happy and, you know, you're kind of willing to make the, the leap or whatever to try to make it happen. So hmm, maybe we're on to something. <laughs> yeah. It is team babe after all. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Oh. I didn't even think about that when I said the team thing. Uh, it's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we've all, we haven't always been on the same team, but we are now. Well, not always. But yeah, not always. Since we've been together. <laughs> we had a- well, I want to put the question back to you because you guys have been married for 19 years. Well, we're going on um, 21. Oh, this year was 20. Yeah. Last year. So this year is going to be 21. Uh huh. It was 21. It already happened. Sorry. What month are we in again? Yeah. <laughs> I think COVID is taking a toll on your. Uh, it's, still the, it's still the month of 2020. Oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, how how is marriage different now for you? than it was in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Do you want to go first or shall I? <laughs> well, to me, I don't know. It just feels a whole lot more um, kind of harmonious altogether. Like I've never, I think I've always had the perspective that whatever the issues were that we were going to have or go through, 
we're going to figure it out. But it just seems like it's getting better and better and easier, like to get along and figure out how to support each other and like kind of push forward the team, the team bed mission, <laughs> you know, together. Um, so I don't know. We just keep, it feels like we just keep growing. Yeah. We just keep growing, getting tighter and more on the same page. Mm-hmm. And Continually. I, I think for me too, it's like, I remember saying this to somebody who was like, I know Jason so much better now than when we got married. <laughs> so it's like, I think there's, even though I felt like I knew you as well as, you know, at, at the time, I think at the, even though when we were married, I was like, I still feel like there's a lot of stuff I just, I just don't know. You know what I mean? And so now I kind of feel like I do like fully know you. Like we're, we're totally like, we're in sync, I would say. Mm-hmm. Where for a while there was a little bit more of a mystery. Like, all right, what what is it that makes you tick? Like, what is wrong with you? You know, all these it's mostly me. She talks plenty. <laughs> you know, like she she will definitely express her feelings, but you know, me it just it takes takes longer to tease these things out. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So thinking back to the start of your marriage, do you think that because you were night 18. Do you think you could have even expressed who you were at that point? No way. Yeah, and I think I actually wasn't either, even though I thought I was at the time. I thought, oh, of course, yeah. Really being me here, you know, like. <laughs> I probably would have expressed something bullshit, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, Some movie lines. quotes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um no I think it's actually taken me a really long time to really get a handle on like what I'm all about and be honest about it too so yeah I guess we just kind of had to grow up together sort of even though I thought I was completely grown up at 18 like I was like I'm done with this and I am now an adult and I don't need to know anything else (laughs) I'm good (laughs) I think most people are like that though yeah. My, my, I don't know why I'm talking about my dad so much, but I'm going to say one more thing about my dad, <laughs> but he, you know, he really like all through my childhood drilled into me, like, wait until you're 30 to get married, wait until you're 30 to get married, because then you'll know who you are and you'll know what you want. Yeah. And so I kind of, you know, like had this belief that that's what you do. And that's, that's the way that's the best approach. Like that's the path to success. And so it was really interesting to listen to your guys' story and just, you know, like all of the things that happened, um, you know, early in your marriage and then, you know, like through your 20s. Um, and I, I had a really different perspective. I'm going to let my dad know he was wrong um, because like, you know, through all of that, um, not even like the specifics of your story, but there's so much that happens in your twenties that is hard. It's so hard. And it's like the first time it's happening and you just have, you just, it feels like the biggest things. Um, and I was alone for, you know, I was alone for a lot of that. I, I didn't have somebody to share the burden with. I didn't have my team. 
Um, and so when I was listening to you guys, it, it just like made me think like, oh, like there's an upside to having your life partner from the start of your 20s because you get to go through all of that together. And sure, it can make it more complicated, but you also have somebody that's been through all that with you. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, and I don't think that we necessarily even really thought about it at the time. You know, like what, what being in our 20s would have been like being single. You know, and it's, it's just because the, we just didn't have that perspective, you know. But I know, like, I we have definitely have friends, though, that certainly have, you know, expressed that, too, where it's just kind of like, it's really hard to go through all this stuff alone and feel isolated and feel lonely, you know. And, um, yeah, I do, I feel, like, really fortunate that we haven't had to have a lot of loneliness I mean I think I did as a as a kid as an only child I had quite a bit of loneliness even though I didn't mind it so much I think looking back on now it was a little bit of a lonely existence mm. you know but um yeah so just having one other person was like wow look at all these people <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot <laughs> yeah um uh, how is the new mattress working out hmm it's working out good. It's great. Yeah. I really like it. liking it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my shoulders don't hurt anymore, so it's great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we were a little sketched out for a second, but yeah, it was all good. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think I have one more question for you. Like, um, what is, I mean, if you could pick. Jeez, you're keeping them low. I, it's, it's short, though. It's okay. Short. What is your each of you your favorite band or music? Like it could be a band, it could be a song, it could be a genre. Oh no. This was our least favorite question on your list, Robin. It's not a good ending. <laughs> <laughs> is it because you have like so different tastes or is it just because it's so hard to choose? Uh, so hard to choose for me. I, um, for me, music is enjoyment rather than a passion devotion. This is the one, um, sort of thing. It's like a, it's a, it's a background soundtrack to my life rather than like something I'm super passionate about. So I think for me, I'm like, I really enjoy all different kinds of music, uh, with the exception of metal and Coldplay. Oh, well, see, now I said that I asked. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. What about you, John? I just feel like it's very fluid to me. Like yeah. it, it feels like if you ever force me to pick like my top five things and I could probably tell you in that moment but then if you ask me like a week later I would say oh no it's totally different and this is why or something so it feels like it's like I feel like a lot of that stuff is sort of like the soundtrack of my life and that as my life goes along the, the soundtrack changes and things that I like listen to all the time or yeah yeah so I don't, like as as an example we walked down um the aisle to um, a Smashing Pumpkins song? Uh, 
Tonight Tonight, played by string instruments. Oh. <laughs> um, and then our first dance was a Billy Joel song. So like we really just wide range. Yeah, I'll go with that. Fine, Billy Joel. There you go. You can't pick that as your favorite song. <laughs> I just did. Oh boy. Okay. Conviction. You could do better. Like that. I don't know. Well, I love that you used that Smashing Pumpkins song. That's very romantic to me. Yeah. Well, the funny thing was we also tell. had them play White Wedding, and White like Wedding. A, the violinist came up to us because we were kind of waiting for Father Chuck uh, to get his act together. And uh, so the violinist came up and he's like, "So, um, White Wedding, are you cool if we just like really go for it?" And we were like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a fun wedding. It was fun, yeah. Yeah, I think it was funny because people didn't. Um, well, obviously, most of the people that were guests probably didn't really even know that song. And then the few that did know the song. The Smashing Pumpkins. Well, the Smashing Pumpkins yeah. were out of context. So you're kind of like, what am I? This is a very nice song with some string instruments, but sounds familiar. It's sort of like like Muzak, but it's not quite. Yeah. Like, what is this? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> when we get that redo wedding. You're gonna have a redo wedding? Oh, I keep talking about it. First, it was like 20 years we'll do the redo wedding, and then it's 25 years, and you know, whatever. I think it's more like a renewal of vow vows, but it's more about me wanting the chance to, um, you know, like redo my outfit and my decor. Because yeah. thinking back on it now, I'm like, that was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to edit it. I like to edit it, use Pinterest, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Not I loved our wedding, but you know, just the aesthetics of it were a little bit. Why don't you just throw yourself like a really fancy birthday party? I know I've thought about that, but I don't know if people would understand if I came to my birthday party in a wedding dress, so they'd be like, Wow, that's kind of weird. <laughs> just call it a fancy dress party. <laughs> that's a good idea. Maybe after COVID's over, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you were saying you have that t-shirt, your your fantasy outfits crumpled up in your drawer. I have ball gowns and furs in my back closet, so you let me know when your fancy dress party is going to be, and I'm ready. This is why we get along so well. <laughs> you might need to give me a little bit of a heads up. You have your suit. It's all John's ready at a moment's notice. He's been wearing the same suit for like seven years. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. We'll have to get you a suit. Yeah, I need some. Yeah, it's time. Yeah. Probably time for a new suit. <laughs> um, well, thanks so much, you guys. This was really fun. And I feel like I got to know all kinds of stuff that I hadn't heard about. So this is awesome. Yeah, great time. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah. Let's do it again sometime. Yeah, totally. We're in. Thank you. Thank you. Have a all good right. night, you guys. Hey, we're back. That was a fun little interview, wasn't it? That was fun. Yeah, I had a good time. Did you have a good time? I know I had a good time. Yeah. Thanks, Kathy and John. Yeah. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Yeah, it was fun. It was so cool to hear like a different type of uh, love story, how it all worked out, yes. how it's working out, and it's completely different from ours, yet the same in so many ways. So True. That's right, man. Just dropping knowledge over here. You know, I can't help myself. But um, 
Yeah, I think like, you know, one of the biggest uh, takeaways for me from this time, this crazy COVID land time, um, and like, you know, not seeing people as often, not going and doing things is like, dude, when we can do that stuff again, I am really going to appreciate it. Like, oh, wow, like we're just going to go over to somebody's house and hang out or they're going to come to our house and hang out and like chat. And it's not not even have to wear a mask or anything. Yeah, it's not. It has almost nothing to do with the monster web or the interwebs or the, you know, whatever the BBSs. AOLs. I'm, Nothing. I'm all about that like in person conversation. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we'll all be, you know, living underground in our mole communities and stuff to escape the ultraviolet rays and the fires. So keep an eye out for the uh underground dinner party invitation that may be coming your way soon. That's right. Right? Yeah. Okay. It'll be in the back cover of the the mixtape uh sleeve. Mm. And there will be a decoder ring that we will send out separately if you call the voicemail and leave the correct uh, key phrase. Which must have to do with giving us money. Yeah. But anyway. Um, so, are you ready to move on to our next segment? Yeah, we have this 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 show now has segments, man. Oh, we're all about segments <laughs> on this season. With that? Yeah. I mean, we're really getting into it. Yeah. Well, I mean... Yeah, so we wanted to bring some, bring a little bit of new flavor to this whole thing, you know, and uh, yeah, flavor. Pull down that cheddar, <laughs> that sweet, <laughs> sweet internet cheddar cheese, with hit segments like it's an interview with somebody or babe words, babe words. Are you ready to do Babe Words? Yeah, are you we've ready already to do done Babe Words? That. We've already done that interview. Let's do the Babe Words. Okay, is it time? Oh, it's time. Yeah. Yeah, we thought we would dig back into the pre- and post-pubescent adolescent mind of a young poet of sorts um, who happens to be sitting right here next to me hosting this very podcast this literary monster (laughs) (laughs) known as babe i am i'm an author you know i know me too self-published you're actually published but i'm self-published which should um give you a little insight into my ego um so we thought it'd be fun to pull a little uh gem out of the uh out of the archives out of the archives and uh share it with you all and um I will cringe as you read. Okay. So maybe can you set the stage a little bit or do you want to talk about it afterward? Oh, no, I'll set the stage. When is this from? um, So this particular poem would be from about 1989. I would have been nine years old and in fourth grade. Okay. I have really excellent penmanship, just FYI. Or penwomanship. Uh, or penpersonship. Th- that's true, too. Yeah. And I discovered poetry. I don't remember how exactly. Perhaps it was a unit that we studied in English. Uh, I really don't know. But I got really into it. And there's a whole binder of um, nonsense that we can pull from. So mm. this is the first one. We thought this would be a nice little um, light uh, kind of a light fare for this particular episode. And it's called Footsteps. Yeah. 
we didn't want to drop the full weight of you know what this literary monster over here can produce on the first go it's got to build slightly so <laughs> this one is entitled footsteps as she walks in beauty then slips away like a beautiful ghost on a summer's day her eyes like crystals her lips like rose but maybe she isn't real nobody knows That was really epic, right? Just let it hang there. Yeah, man. Deep. Deep, right? Some deep nine-year-old thoughts there, I man. I had some really deep nine-year-old thoughts. That's probably not the worst of it, though. Was that an assignment? Like a school assignment? No. No? You're just like... <laughs> <laughs> I probably had one school assignment. I turned it in. I probably got like some good feedback. And I was like, oh, shit. This is like... I'm all about this poetry stuff now. <laughs> was this a poetry class? No. No, just a, like an English class or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, you know me. I, I'm, uh, kind of one of those people that likes to go on and on. And, uh, that extends to paper and pencil. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> the weirdest thing that I just realized is that, okay, you were nine when you did that. So well, about seven years later, you, we got together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, that's kind of disturbing in a way, uh, but, you know, I think it's fine. I think it was all fine. Yeah. I, I did a lot I mean, of maturing. it's not like I was 35 or something. No, no. You know. I, and I did a lot of maturing in between 1989 and 1996. You did. I did. Yeah. So I pretty much done grown up in that time. So it's all good. <laughs> you did, yeah. A genius girl did too good. Yeah. You know? Yep. Had just quit the whole system, you know. So that's uh, uh, where you come in. Excellent. Well, that has been Bayboards. Bayboards. Let us know, uh, yeah, if anybody has like any ideas for jingles for that segment, uh, the Bayboards segment, uh, let us know. Uh, if not, uh, I'll probably make one myself. Bayboards. Yeah. You know, something, something catchy. Snappy. Snappy. Yeah. 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 Just like right. this podcast. For sure. So I hope we hope you enjoy season four. Yeah. This is just the beginning. There's more to come. Yes. So stay tuned. Yeah. And um thanks for thanks for listening. And like if you have any ideas uh for people that we should talk to because we do want to keep this coming. Oh yeah. Let us know. Or hey, if you have an interesting relationship, you should probably get in touch. We should, we should talk. You should talk with our producers and, uh, you know, see if we can put some together. And that goes for couples telling love stories. That goes for friends telling their love story. Family. Family. Uh, bands. Bands. Just anything. Anything interesting. Yep. Yeah, and we're really excited for some of the, some of the chats we have uh, coming up, coming down the pike. Oh yeah. So stay tuned and uh yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening and watching. And uh I love you, babe. Love you too, babe.
This episode of the Team Babe podcast was produced by Robin Fader. And Jason Fader. In our home studio in Redding, California. With original music written and recorded by Jason Fader. If you love this episode, tell a friend and please consider subscribing on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Like, all of them. Yeah, like, subscribe, and share. Find out more on our website at teambabe.life. And follow us on all social media at Team Babe Podcast. Thanks for listening. It was good for us. We hope it was good for you, too.